You're going to love this. Just love it. No, I bet you say that to all the girls. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM here in L.A., up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, way out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Swing State, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus. And up in Minneapolis, St. Paul on the great AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe. Streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and blanketing planet Earth five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Desi Doyen, get the state senator standing by. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Uh, state senator, a, a Republican state senator at that. This should be fun. Uh, you'll want to stand by for that momentarily as well. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hello. Since we said hello there, uh, you'll be back with a uh, another thrilling green news report a little bit later in the program. Yep. With some good news for animals. Indeed. Indeed. Some uh, for elephants and lions, I think. Oh, my. And yes, and uh, uh, some good court news as well for kids. Some bad court news for opponents of fracking. So that is ahead today on the broadcast. Um, as well, voters are heading to the polls today in Indiana. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Uh, the presidential primary in Indiana. Uh, make or break, certainly on the Republican side, where uh, Ted Cruz is trying to stop Donald Trump from being able to reach the uh, 1,237 delegates that uh, Trump would need to clinch the nomination on the first ballot. At the Republican convention, we'll see if Ted Cruz has any luck right now. The polls say it's Donald Trump all the way. But uh, I don't trust the polls. I trust the voters. I am not a prognosticator, so I could not tell you uh, how this is going to come out. Unlike all the geniuses on cable news, they they, they know exactly how it's going to come out. Also, I can't tell you how it's going to come out on the Democratic side where Hillary Clinton has a uh, has a small but consistent lead in the uh, in the few polls that are coming out of Indiana, about a four or five point lead over Bernie Sanders. We will be keeping our eyes on that and reporting more 
on those results and any problems tomorrow. So far, I'm happy to say there are not a lot of problems being reported out of Indiana. That's uh, that's the good news there. They do use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens across much of the state of Indiana, not all of the state. Not all of the counties hates their voters so much that they make them vote on those unverifiable voting systems. Hancock County is one of the uh, uh, counties that allows uh, voters to use paper ballots. Thank you, Hancock County. They, however, had uh, some sort of problem that they are chalking up to uh, data provided by the software vendor. Uh, that has led to some ballots at, uh, at one of the voting centers out there, uh, not including county commissioner races, according to Wish TV. We'll see how bad that problem turns out to be. And then I love this. Uh, several other Wish TV reports that several other polling places experienced some, quote, minor issues, according to the Greenfield mayor's office. And then they go on to say that an election board member said the county experienced problems countywide with the voting machines connecting to the system. What does that cryptic uh, uh, reportage mean? I have no idea. Minor issues? They call them minor, and then they say problems countywide with the voting machines connecting to the system? Why are optical scan uh, computer uh, tabulators even connecting to the system? Uh, so we'll try to learn more about that uh, between now and our next thrilling episode. And, and hopefully it is a minor issue, according to the Greenfield mayor's office. We'll find out. They say they're working on the problem. Uh, voter told 24-hour News 8 that people were leaving a poll location because of the issues. It was not immediately clear what those issues were. So there you go we will figure that out uh and uh maybe maybe along with the results to uh, on tomorrow's broadcast coming out of indiana as they are reported of course we won't know if they are the actual results we won't know if that's ex actually what voters intended to do at least in much of the state because they use those 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems Similarly, uh, we talked about the problems last week in Delaware, where they also use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. And in that case, on election night, there was a report of some 6000 votes for uh, Bernie Sanders in the first few minutes of reporting on the results that suddenly disappeared, went from 6000 down to something like 1000. We got an explanation uh, on the program last week, details from the Delaware uh, state election director. She told us uh, that the problems were related to AP and a clerical error, not related to their voting systems, their result systems. But she conceded that there is no way to know. There is no way to know because they use those 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen machines in all across the state of Delaware. There's no way to know if the results were right or wrong. These are still a problem all over all over the uh, the country, frankly. Uh, a whole bunch of states still use these machines. A whole bunch of key states, crucial states, swing states like Indiana, like Missouri, for example, like Ohio. Missouri has uh, long been a swing state, though in more recent years it has gone to the dark side since I left my old uh, my old home state. Uh, they are now uh, consistently voting Republican in presidential elections, at least the last few. We've discussed uh, a few weeks ago, we discussed the uh, uh, Wisconsin's April 5th 
presidential primary election and all the problems that were brought about in Wisconsin, thanks in no small part uh, to the uh, to, to the Republicans new photo ID restriction up there in Wisconsin. We talked about the concerns about the long lines, the disenfranchised disenfranchised voters quite a bit. But the Wisconsin presidential primary on April 5th, while that was the only presidential primary, it was not the only important election on that day. There was another election on that day. As I, as we t- discussed a few weeks ago, my old hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, was holding local primary elections on that same Tuesday that everybody was keeping their eyes on, uh, on the Wisconsin presidential primary. The local elections... Uh, in St. Louis, were held in both St. Louis County and St. Louis City. They have separate election commissioners, uh, c- commissions and directors, the county and the city do, but both of them use 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in general on Election Day, as well as hand-marked paper ballots that are optically scanned by computer tabulators. And the voters, when they go to vote at the precincts, at least in St. Louis County, they get to choose, would you like to vote on uh, paper or plastic? Essentially. Now, we've talked about St. Louis County's practice of having both those direct recording electronic devices, those unverifiable touchscreen systems. Uh, They've had those for years. Uh, They are easily manipulated. They are simply prone to failures. Uh, But at least they have handmarked paper ballot systems available to voters on Election Day. With poll workers in St. Louis County, however, often directing people to the touchscreens. Well, they could not do that on April 5th because in those local primary elections in St. Louis on April 5th, only paper ballots were made available for the first time in ages. That is the good news about what happened in Missouri on April 5th. The reason that they gave away only paper ballots uh, was because of the presidential primary that had happened just weeks earlier on March 15th. And uh, the election officials said that that did not allow enough time for the touchscreen DRE systems to be reprogrammed in advance of the local primaries that were held just a few weeks later. So good news. Paper ballots for everyone on that April 5th election. However, there's a lot of howevers in this story. However, St. Louis County has had problems with their paper ballot systems in the very recent past. As more and more voters realize that hand-marked paper ballots are more reliable or verifiable or overseeable, unlike touchscreen votes, more and more voters in St. Louis are are using paper ballots or asking for paper ballots. Good. Good for them. But in 2014, not long after the killing of Michael Brown had led to mass mass protests and large voter turnout in Ferguson, Missouri, which, by the way, is in St. Louis County, polling places back in 2014 ran out of paper ballots. There was such a huge uh, turnout and such a huge number of people wanting to vote on paper that led to long lines around the county. Uh, sound familiar? We've kind of seen that all year long this uh, this cycle in 2016. Uh, back in 2014, an email that I published exclusively at bradblog.com at the time detailed how election integrity advocates had warned St. Louis County's election directors at the time that they were not planning on deploying enough paper ballots for that 2014 election. And sure enough, they ran out all over the county. It was a disaster. The election director at the time was ultimately sacked after that debacle. And then 
as only paper ballots were to be used in the uh, in the local primary elections on April 5th. Guess what? It happened again, even though they knew about the problems they had in 2014. This time it was even worse. This time paper ballots ran out in many locations almost immediately. As not enough ballots, and in many cases, simply the wrong ballots, were sent to precincts around the county by the county's bipartisan election directors. Well, that was a disaster on uh, on April 5th in Missouri, in St. Louis County specifically. There's been a whole bunch of uh, investigations that have uh, occurred in the weeks since. A Missouri House task force investigation just released its report. The fallout from that election has now resulted in a two-week suspension for Eric Fay. He's the Democrat who serves as the lead county election director. And his counterpart, the Republican election director, Gary Furr, has tendered his resignation. So Fay and Furr are being run out after that particular disaster. In addition to the legislative input coming from the uh, from the Missouri House, uh, the problems that surfaced on April 5th, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, have prompted an investigation by the Election Integrity Unit in the Office of the Secretary of State in Missouri, Jason Kander, a vetting by the St. Louis County Council in early May, a call for an independent investigation into the circumstances by the St. Louis County chapter of the NAACP. But as bad as that sounds, as bad as those problems were, those errors, frankly, those Errors were human errors. While they are outrageous, they can ultimately be avoided. What can't be avoided, at least without doing away with the 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems altogether, is what occurred a few weeks earlier during Missouri's March 15th presidential primary. If you remember that one, and you probably don't, it seems like forever ago. But in that election, on both the Democratic and Republican sides, the race... The races were very, very close. On the Republican side, Donald Trump was ultimately declared the winner by just two-tenths of a percent, about 1,700 voters. And on the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton edged out Bernie Sanders also by about two-tenths of a percent, just about 1,500 votes, at least reportedly. In both cases, there were fewer, far, uh, I'm sorry, there were far more 100 percent unverifiable votes that were cast on touchscreen voting systems in St. Louis County than the margin of difference between the two top candidates on either the Democratic or the Republican side. So given the impossibility of verifying voter intent after an election on a vote uh, that has been cast on a, a DRE touchscreen voting system, even a complete hand count of votes in that state could never assure that the candidate actually preferred by voters was actually the one who was reported as the winner by the county's election system. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. And we have known this for years and we keep using these systems anyway. Voting rights advocates, progressives and, and some Democrats have called for banning these god awful machines that are easily hacked and that often fail. Occasionally, they have been joined by a few libertarians and, uh, for my money, not nearly enough Republicans around the country. Attempts to move legislation forward in the U.S. Congress that would ban these machines altogether has failed to move forward. So for the moment, 
it's a state by state uh, and and often local issue. Uh, and those bans are happening. Last week, Maryland, for the first time since uh, 2002, actually went to all paper elections, got rid of their uh, touchscreen systems that they had used across the state since 2002. And now I'm very happy to say that a Republican-led effort to ban touchscreen voting systems in my old home state of Missouri and uh, in my old hometown of St. Louis County is now moving forward in the state legislature. We are going to speak with the Republican state senator who is proposing a ban on touchscreens across the entire state of Missouri right after this break. Looking forward to it. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so, now more than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going, or even just a one-time-only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds right now to stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. Meet me in St. Louis, Louis, meet me at the fair. Yes, please do. Don't tell me the lights are shining any place but there. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and from St. Louis, Missouri originally. So I'm always happy to uh, uh, talk about issues and problems in my old home state. Okay, uh, we covered in the uh, in the last segment the problems with touchscreen voting systems across the county uh, across the country and specifically in the state of Missouri. At the same time, talked about the problems with paper ballots in Missouri, at least in St. Louis County, uh, where the election officials there just can't seem to get it right. The good news is the latest election officials who can't seem to get it right when it came to paper ballots in the uh, local April fifth elections in St. Louis County uh, have now largely been sacked. The, the Democratic uh, election county election director, Eric Fay, uh, he's on a two-week suspension while the investigation moves forward. The Republican director, Gary Furr, has tendered his resignation. But the problems with paper ballots in that in that county, those can be dealt with. Those are human errors uh, by the election officials. We can get rid of those election officials. When it comes to 100% unverifiable touchscreen votes that are still shamefully used uh, in St. Louis uh, County and St. Louis City, as well as in, in places like Indiana on Tuesday, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just screwed if you have any questions about the results of the elections afterwards. Well, now, finally... Democrats have been uh, many Democrats around the uh, country in any event have been trying to get rid of those touchscreens for years. And now we've got an effort by Republicans in the Missouri State House. 
That's good news. In 2006, Dr. Bob Onder, a medical doctor and a Republican, was elected to the Missouri State Legislature as a state representative representing western St. Charles County, which, for those who don't know, Missouri is now very conservative. In 2014, he was elected to represent Missouri's second Senate district, including various parts of St. Charles County in the Show Me State Senate, where he now serves as assistant majority floor leader. He has now filed a bill that calls essentially for the banning of all touchscreen direct recording electronic voting systems in the great state of Missouri. And State Senator Bob Onder joins us now. Uh, Senator, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be on with you today. Uh, really appreciate it. All right. Tell me what your bill calls for precisely, and then we can discuss some of the details uh, as to why you filed it and, and what its chances are for moving forward in Missouri. Yeah, my bill would call for the paper ballot to be the official ballot, uh, the official record of a voter's uh, vote uh, in all elections in the state of Missouri. And uh, as you alluded to in your introduction, um, only with a paper ballot can we have an auditable, verifiable record of a voter's intent as he or she casts, uh, casts a vote and exercises their most sacred privilege in our democratic republic, which is the right to vote. Um, as one computer scientist of uh, uh, who uh, opposes DREs put it, you cannot audit an electron. So um, you, you, although, uh, although DRE machines um, sometimes have uh, some sort of a tape, right. uh, in St. Louis County, Missouri, uh, just in 2014, uh, uh, we had a very close uh, county executive's race in which uh, the margin was very, very tight, and the uh, the uh, lo- the loser in that election, or we're not really sure he really lost, would have uh, the Republican Rick Stream would like to have requested a recount, but it turned out those those tapes that the DREs were uh, running um, many times they jammed, many times they didn't record at all, and even when they did record, they estimated that uh, uh, the time required to unroll all those tapes and figure out the vote in the county executive's race was prohibitive, and it would take months to ever uh, to ever uh, unroll those tapes that they did have a record of. Wow. So the bottom line is, um, is uh, paper ballots uh, can ensure the integrity of our election process, they can save money, and they can ensure voter confidence in the electoral process. And, and and just to be clear, when you're talking about paper ballots, you're talking about hand-marked paper ballots, not those tapes exactly. that come out of some of those machines. And by the way, uh, UC Santa Barbara uh, found out some years ago out here in California that those paper tapes can also be gamed. So even if you do bother to count those, and no one does, they don't necessarily reflect the will of the voters. Uh, so that's a concern no, as right. well. It, right, that's right. I, yeah, a hacker... A hacker can, uh, you know, could potentially get in, and you could think you're voting for, you know, John Adams, and you're really voting for Thomas Jefferson. So, um, and then the, uh, the and while the paper tape uh, indicates you're voting for Mickey Mouse. Right. So, um, and and the problem is when you go to do an audit or a recount, uh, all you can do, all the all the election authorities can do is rerun the same. Computer program, uh, the the computer, same computer program that gave.
gave you the initial result. It would be like hitting twice as you were printing a Microsoft Word document. Of mm-hmm. course, it's going to show the same thing the second time around. That's not a uh, that's not a recount at all. So um, we really do need a, uh, a, a, a you know, paper ballots to ensure the integrity of our system. What's the? Uh, I don't know the current Missouri Secretary of State. I had a number of conversations with the previous one, Democrat uh, Robin Carnahan. She was no fan of the touchscreens either, as I recall. But the St. Louis County Board of Elections. Uh, seems to like them a lot. Uh, last year, the uh, co-Republican uh, uh, and Democratic election directors in St. Louis County told the Post-Dispatch that doing away with electronic voting is, quote, not an option. But they do have that option to not use them, as I understand it. Uh, why are they still doing so, uh, to your knowledge, Senator? Well, that is a very good question. Um, um uh, Mr. Fay and Mr. Mr. Fuhrer, uh, the one a Democrat, the other a Republican, uh, both came down to Jefferson City to testify against my paper ballot bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really liked their DRE machines, their electronic voting machines, a lot. Um, and um, they are obstinately um, pro-electronic voting machines. And um, at the end of the hearing, at the end of their testimony, they testified it was, that it was something to the effect of that it was absolutely impossible that there could ever be electoral fraud hacking into one of their DRE machines. Oh. And I concluded my testimony by saying I found that extremely disturbing, uh, that there, there would be so much complacency on the part of of the two highest election officials in St. Louis County. Hmm. And it was only uh, a couple of months later that those two individuals ran the most incompetent election ever in the history of Missouri in which 60 polling places had, uh, had, 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 uh, had deficits and uh, it just, just ran out of, of paper ballots. Mm-hmm. Some wondered whether they even did it on, I don't know that, but they ran an incredibly, for being so arrogant, so sure of themselves when they were testifying against my bill, they ran a phenomenally incompetent election just two months later. Many have called for, for an investigation, and, and many have called for their uh, firing. And, and your phone broke up only for a moment. I think you said that uh, uh, some had, had feared they had done that on purpose uh, because the ballots had, uh, I'm sorry, the Polling places had open and ballots ran out almost immediately because they had sent the wrong number uh, of ballots to uh, a whole bunch of places. You had stated, uh, yeah. Senator, that you had feared that would happen in a, in a video uh, that I think I saw uh, a, f- a few months ago that you had feared that they might game uh, that local election with those paper ballots. Is that a fear that you, you still have? Yeah, I do, you know, again, I, what, I, what I said is, I do not know, I, I, I don't know whether, so, I, I, some on my, on my side of the issue, some supporters of paper ballots were concerned that given that Mr. Fuhrer and Mr. Bay mm-hmm. were so, so adamantly opposed to doing away with DRE machines, that they might try to make a political point by, um, you know, by, by, by doing what happened on the election day in April, 
uh, just to prove that paper ballots were a bad idea. And I and I told you know my supporters, no, I can't see anyone being so petty and so um, uh, so reckless with our sacred right of uh, right to vote that they would do such a thing. Um, what I would say is that the overwhelming majority of of elections in the state of Missouri to this day are held on paper and they're held competently, but the key word is competently. <laughs> and the election that Mr. Fay, Mr. Fuhrer held in April was not held competently. Um, there were some polling places with uh, hundreds and hundreds of registered voters that received five. Yeah, that's the number of fingers on your hand, five uh, ballots at the beginning of the day. So people were disenfranchised because they showed up to the polling place and they did not have the number of ballots they needed to uh, conduct the election. What, what has been uh, the response, Senator, from your uh, uh, your fellow uh, Republicans and fellow Democrats, uh, as well as the, have you discussed the issue with the uh, current Secretary of State, uh, Jason Kander, who is who is a Democrat as well? Uh, this seems like an issue that crosses uh, party lines, uh, often in strange ways. What type of response are you getting from uh, from Republicans, Democrats, and from the Secretary of State? I would say, no, unfortunately, Secretary of State Jason Kander is a big fan of electronic voting, voting machines. Oh. In fact, um, not, only, uh, not only does he, um, he, uh, he seem to oppose my bill, he, uh, he, there is a fiscal review process where um, a fiscal note, an estimation of a, estimate of a cost of a bill is prepared, and... Um, the uh, uh, Mr. Kander gave highly misleading um, uh, information to the Fiscal Review Board such that uh, essentially he estimated the cost of my bill to be the cost of replacing every DRE machine in the state uh, to a tune of tens of millions of dollars, which is the exact opposite of what my bill would do. So Jason Kander is an enemy of paper ballots and is an enemy of open and transparent elections and seems to be a big fan of electronic uh, voting with all the all the problems associated with it. Incredible. Now, I know that the your this bill uh, is also being considered in the uh, in the state in the in the house um and uh, you've been working with the folks from Missourians for Honest Elections. They've been on this yeah. for years, I should say, uh, yeah. session after session, trying to get this passed. Uh, I'm told by, by them, by Missourians for Honest Elections, that this bill is now held up in the House uh, following that bad local election on paper ballots. Uh, do you have any information about what's going on in the House with this bill? Yeah, you know the bill. The bill was moving um, pretty slowly even before that. You know, I think it's it's really one of these these issues that until something um, something um, dramatic happens, mm. uh, that you know, because I, I think it's it's sort of like oxygen. You uh, you take honest, uh, fair, efficient elections for granted until you don't have them. And uh, I think this uh, issue of election transparency is going to be a bigger one next session. And uh, we're, we're getting very late. We're down to only nine days left in our legislative session. So I don't see 
uh, my bill getting across the finish line this session. But I think with this increased focus on um, on on the elections in St. Louis County this year, I think we're. I I, I am more optimistic for next year than uh, than than I have been. I've got uh, just a minute or two left uh, with State Senator uh, Bob Onder, Republican of Missouri. Uh, Senator, uh, what happens? Is there any way that people can help? Is there any way that listeners out here can help your efforts in the state Senate, whether they're Democratic or Republican? We we need transparent elections. Uh, Anything people can do to help? Well, I think it's it's always good to uh, to to talk to your own representative and senator, and the easiest way to do that is to go to the House or Senate website, house.mo.gov or senate.mo.gov. You put in your address, and it will um, pop up the email address and phone number of your legislators, and just call them or email them or write them a letter, whichever you prefer, uh, letting them know that you support um, that you support uh uh, transparent elections and a paper ballot, uh, uh, the requirement of paper ballots to ensure um, honest, fair, and accountable elections. Is there anyone... And, uh, th- I think... We, we have a, a big national and even international audience. Is there anyone in particular that, that should be targeted with these emails, whether it's the uh, Secretary of State or somebody specific in the House or Senate you'd recommend? I, I, I think the specific person is, is one's, one's own specific representative. Oh, I see what you, what you mean by that. Uh, yeah, I think um, the, um, the, uh, the uh, elections, uh, elections chairman uh, of the House and the elections chairman of the Senate um, would, be a, would be a good person to, uh, to, to, target, to target in either case okay. uh, of the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate. And also the uh, House and Senate leadership uh, is always good. And both of those, all of those are easy to find on the mm-hmm. uh, House and Senate website. Again, it's house.mo.gov and senate.mo.gov. Very good, yeah, because, in fact, uh, what happens in Missouri does affect uh, the entire country, to be frank. And, and while you say, you know, until something dramatic happens, people don't tend to take action, that's what I'm worried about. I don't want to wait until something dramatic happens, because by then it's too well, no, late. That's right, and I, you know, I think something dramatic did happen in Missouri mm-hmm. on uh, on on the on election day in April, yep. and I think the focus, um, you know, ought to be how should we be conducting elections, and uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm afraid that the election directors in St. Louis were so they're they're, they're having so much fun playing with their uh, electronic machines that they're not attending to issues like getting the right number of ballots to polling places. That is remarkable. All right, uh, Senator, before I let you go, uh, while I think you and I agree 100% on the uh, touchscreens, I don't know if we'll agree here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about it. Uh, The push for photo ID voting restrictions has been a perennial uh, annual battle now in the Missouri legislature. It was found unconstitutional some years ago in Missouri. So as I understand it now, Republicans are pushing a measure to change the state constitution to require this. And I don't even know where you fall on it. I'm going to guess you are supporting photo ID voting uh, uh, restrictions. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but is there any known, what is your position on that? And is there any known examples in the state of Missouri of cases of voter fraud that you know of that could have been deterred by a, uh, a photo ID restriction? 
Yes, I think I think there are. You know, when I was in uh, when I was in medical school, I had a professor who uh, uh, who hated the abbreviation WNL. You know, that WNL stand for uh, within normal limits, and uh, and uh, he always said WNL stands for we never looked. Uh, my fear is that without any kind of way of determining that uh, that 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 the person presenting themselves to the polling place is the person they say they are, we're not looking for this this particular variety of uh, voter fraud. Uh, there's an abandoned uh, building in, in uh, St. Louis City uh, out of which uh, uh, allegedly, there, uh, out of which 27 people voted. Um, so it's important to do voter ID the right way. It's important to provide free ID for those who uh, who don't have one already. Um, the uh, constitutional amendment that Senator Krauss would be pro uh, proposing wouldn't require voter ID, it would just enable it. There was some language uh, in the Constitution that didn't prohibit voter ID, but the Missouri Supreme Court um, interpreted it as prohibiting it. Uh, it referred to a fundamental right to vote and uh, and uh, and that and that just needed to be clarified so as not to prohibit voter ID. Well, the but, uh, the experts yeah, the, I, the experts on this uh, who you know the election integrity experts who have looked at this they all seem to say that we are going to disenfranchise far more uh, uh, legal voters than possibly stop fraudulent voters. And so my I guess my question is how do you square your advocacy for transparent and fair elections when it comes to the voting machines? Uh, with the possibility that you could be disenfranchising tens of thousands uh, with a photo ID uh, restriction. Well, that you know that is uh, that has been utterly untrue. The allegation is always that you're going to be um, uh, disenfranchising or suppressing turnout among uh, minority or uh, elderly voters, and it turns out in, in the data show that in states that have enacted voter ID laws. In fact, minority uh, voter turnout and participation rates actually have increased. And why would that be? Well, I think in part because of these, uh, of these drives to provide the ID that, uh, that are required uh, constitutionally by the federal court system. So no, I don't, I don't at all accept the premise that, uh, that, that photo ID to ensure the integrity of our electoral process in any way um, reduces participation or or in any way uh, disenfranchises voters. Well, fair enough. We're going to have to agree to disagree, and I'll be happy to help your legislative uh, uh, aid there, uh, Janae, with some information because, in fact, uh, the General Accounting Office has found that, in fact, uh, photo ID restrictions did decrease turnout in states like Kansas, right next to you there, uh, down in Tennessee. And uh, I know those numbers that people have cited for voter turnout going up. That was during the uh, Barack Obama election. They did not go up as much in the photo ID states as the other ones, and I'll, I'll be happy to help you with that. In the meantime, I suspect we'll disagree on that, but I'm happy to join you uh, in your effort at least to get rid of the uh, of the touchscreens. I will take what I can get when it comes to election integrity, uh, a senator. And well, yeah, well, I think voter ID and uh, and uh, paper ballots both ensure election integrity, but we'll have to disagree agree to disagree on uh, on the former. So. 
I appreciate the time. Happily, and uh, I appreciate your time with us today. State Senator Bob Onder of the uh, Missouri's 2nd District. Uh, thank you for the fight, sir, and, and uh, keep it up. We'll be in touch in the days ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I know exactly what he's talking about and who he's talking about. Uh, the, the, those figures come from this guy named Hans von Spakovsky, a longtime anti-voter advocate, unfortunately, uh, and, a, and, a, and a proponent of photo ID restrictions. And they've been, you know, running around saying that, uh, oh, t- turnout went up after, for example, the state of Georgia instituted uh, their photo ID restriction. In 2008, there was huge turnout by black voters uh, during the presidential race that Barack Obama was uh, leading the ticket. Of course, there was turnout, huge uh, increase. But when you compare it uh, with other states, other similar states, they find that's not the case. And, uh, you know, and, and the argument even about numbers that I hear so often that, uh, well, it, it's it's fewer than, uh, you know, opponents of photo ID thought. Fewer people were turned away. How many is OK? Are we OK to turn away uh, one 90 year old veteran, 10 nuns? Uh, how many is OK to take away a right like that? I just don't get it. Um, and so. You know, I don't get how on on one hand uh, he can call for open, fair, transparent elections when it comes to voting uh, machines, but doesn't seem that concerned uh, about people having access to the polls if they can't get an ID. Oh, well. Yeah, it does seem to be a bit contradictory um, because when on the one hand he talks about the sacred right to vote and yet on the other hand he's he's concerned because somebody told him that there might be an issue with somebody maybe who wasn't supposed to vote even though there is no evidence of right. it anywhere and that study that he's referring to correlation does not equal causation you can't say oh they're trying to make it sound like oh this voto id mm-hmm. restriction increased minority representation and so in most not- cases in 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 most cases uh, like that, when they talk about these uh, some house where an address where people didn't actually live, if that turns out to be true, normally it's uh, those cases are used for absentee ballot fraud, not in person fraud. Uh, and we have found this in case after case where these uh, laws have been challenged in the courts and the states from Pennsylvania to Texas to North Carolina to Wisconsin. Uh, the Republicans who support those bills simply can't show uh, any evidence of fraud that could have been deterred by a photo ID restriction. Um, But anyway, uh, okay, so half a glass, I will take it. Yes, indeed, politics makes strange bedfellows. You work together with people when you can. So happy to work with uh, Senator Bob Onder, at least uh, to get rid of these godforsaken touchscreen voting machines uh, and not wait until something dramatic happens. I would argue also that it already has happened. All right, a quick break and a few more uh, few more points on this and the Green News Report with Desi Doyen to, uh, to make everything better somehow. <laughs> I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. To the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. Our Green News Report with Desi Doyen coming up momentarily. Stand by 
Ms. Doyen. Standing by. Very good. Uh, just a couple more points on, on, on this uh, photo ID business. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm delighted uh, to work with uh, Republican State Senator Bob Onder on uh, getting rid of the touchscreen voting systems. And I will be happy to supply him with information if he needs it concerning these photo ID restrictions. But if you have any question, any doubt in your mind that Republicans don't want people to vote, specific people to vote, Democratic-leaning people to vote, and Democrats want everyone to vote, if you have any doubt in your mind, a couple, a couple of stories here. Uh, one, this was just late last week, I believe. Uh, Governor Scott Walker signed a bill that uh, hinders Milwaukee's efforts up in Wisconsin to provide local photo IDs to the homeless, immigrants, in the co- immigrants who are in the country illegally and others who have difficulty obtaining state IDs. So if you live in Milwaukee and you've had trouble getting a, going, jumping through the hoops to get one of these so-called free IDs that they're offering now in the state of Wisconsin, if you know to, how to get them, if you have the money to afford the documents, the birth certificate, the passport, and are able to somehow collect those, bring them to a, a, a DMV and, and get a photo ID and tell them that it's supposed to be free. If you don't know how to do all of that or if you have trouble doing all of that, you can try to get a Milwaukee ID from the town of Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee. At least that was the idea. At least that was the plan. So homeless people uh, who, who might go into, uh, you know, get a local Milwaukee ID Well, Governor Scott Walker signed that bill that essentially keeps them from being it keeps the uh, the state, the town of of Milwaukee from being able to do that. The Republican backed bill that uh, passed the state house up in Wisconsin prohibits towns and counties from spending any money on or issuing photo IDs. It also prohibits you using uh, city or village IDs to vote or obtain public benefits like food stamps. (laughs) So this is the kind of effort that, you know, they'll claim that, oh, everybody needs to have an ID. You need to have an ID to do everything every day. Um, And then here here comes Milwaukee in this effort to try to fill the gap that the state is not filling in, in getting people these photo IDs. So the state comes in and says, nope, those are no good. You can only use the IDs that we say you can use to vote, not those Milwaukee IDs. Obviously, this is an effort, uh, you know, to keep people from voting. I don't understand what people don't get about this. Uh, Thousands of uh, protesters, according to AP, uh, packed the state capitol back in February to protest this bill and uh, another failed proposal that would have banned so-called sanctuary cities. Critics call the ID, I love AP. Critics call the ID bill anti-immigrant and said it's aimed at Milwaukee city and county plans to issue local IDs to assist with everyday tasks like opening bank accounts or obtaining prescriptions. The bill supporters say it will reduce confusion and fraud. The only confusion and fraud here is the one being carried out by these Republicans. And the same thing is going on in Kansas. We've talked about this many times. We have a a bit of a new uh, story here, including uh, Kansas and the secretary of state out there, Chris Kobach, 
This right winger, he was involved with Arizona's paper please law, and he's come in and put these draconian uh, voter registration requirements in place in the state of Kansas, including photo ID restrictions, as well as proof of citizenship in Kansas. And there's a big fight about this because it's not clear that it's completely legal what he's done. So now we've got essentially two separate voting systems in the state of Kansas. You've got these people who have registered to vote using the uh, the federal uh, uh, voter registration form, but who have not supplied the proof of citizenship that the state of Kansas is now requiring. So you've got these people in this suspended state where they're both registered and not registered, where they can vote maybe in federal elections, but they can't vote in uh, in state and local elections under this law. It is causing complete havoc in the state of Kansas. And uh, the editorial board at The New York Times pointed that out again yesterday. They said that the uh, the damage from this registration law has been particularly alarming during the presidential campaign in which young adults have been enthusiastic about making their voices heard. Kansans ages 8 to 29 make up more than 58% of the applicants, the voter registration applicants, who are now, quote, in suspense. Now, this comes after uh, more than 22,000 people in Kansas applied to register to vote in a three-week period in February, just days before the state's presidential caucuses. They were excited to take part in the system, Uh, and a lot of them were young people. So and now uh, a lot of those 18 to 29 year olds uh, make up those applicants who are now in suspense. Who knows if they'll be able to vote in uh, in state and local elections in Kansas this November? More than 58 percent of them are these uh, these these new young voters. New York Times says this is a situation that should appall any American politician hoping for a fresh generation engaged in democracy It has become clear, though, says The New York Times, that the goal of voter suppression laws shamelessly championed by Republicans is to hobble the young and minority voters who tend to favor the Democratic Party. The registration law in Kansas requiring proof of citizenship took effect in 2013 as the Republican lawmakers uh, there voiced familiar but widely debunked warnings of rampant voter fraud. The issue has been driven by the Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach, a conservative firebrand who pushed the legislature last year to give him authority to prosecute voter fraud. He is the only Secretary of State, by the way, in the country who has the ability to prosecute voter fraud himself. Normally, they send it to the state uh, attorney or or so forth. Uh, Chris Kobach had talked about more than 100 potential cases of voter fraud that he was now going to be prosecuting. But so far, he has secured just one conviction in nine months. And that conviction was for somebody who, who voted in two different states, had nothing to do with citizenship. It had nothing to do with photo ID restrictions. A photo ID would not have kept this person from voting in two different states. This person, by the way, thought they were allowed to vote in two different states since they weren't for the same election. So it was a mistake. Uh, yeah. This is the kind of fraud that actually goes on, not the kind that Republicans are pretending As the New York uh, Times says, uh, this affair has demonstrated the minuscule threat that voter fraud actually presents. 
They say it's embarrassing for Kansas that such crude political zealotry throttles the rights of tens of thousands of citizens there. The courts had better act to set things right and free and free aspiring voters from suspense in Kansas in time for the coming elections. Well, good luck to those courts. Because year after year after year, we fight these same battles over these same laws. And it never seems to get better. But the fight continues. Speaking of the fight continues, Desi Doyen, I guess we better get to it. (laughs) Our latest Green News report. We need leaders who get it. Ad wars. Clean energy advocates want you to vote. So the fossil fuel industry is attacking them. Big climate victory for kids in court in Washington state. Big conservation victories for lions and elephants. Plus, you can actually feel the heat of the ivory burn. Kenya's big bonfire of the ivories to stop illegal trade. Lighting all of those fires and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Climate change is not science. Yes, it is actually, Ted Cruz. You want a skeptic, I'm right here. I don't, but thanks for asking. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, some bad news as we get started here for opponents of fracking. Colorado's highest court has overturned two city bans on hydraulic fracturing. That happened on Monday. The court decided that uh, state law preempts those local laws that were passed by the citizenry in those towns. But apparently uh, state law has precedence and uh, Republicans no doubt are rejoicing, even though they pretend to like small government. They only like it when the small government agrees with them. And in Colorado, too many Democrats also going along with the uh, fossil fuel industry on fracking. Yes, apparently Democratic Governor John Hickenlooper agrees with the fossil fuel industry. Well, there you go. What else do you have for us that might be cheerier today? Well, this isn't so cheery. The fossil fuel industry and the Republican Party are trying a new tactic in their campaign to stop climate action. Politico reports that America Rising, the Republican Party's opposition research organization, is using its super PAC, America Rising Squared, to attack individuals like 350.org founder Bill McKibben with a new negative ad campaign. Everything else can wait. Violence can wait. Poverty can wait. We're going to put a dollar tax on gasoline tomorrow. Climate change is directly related to the growth of terrorism. Their first negative ad campaign goes after billionaire clean energy advocate Tom Steyer, whose super PAC Next Gen Climate Action itself has launched a million-dollar campaign to mobilize young voters to vote in November. I'm Tom Steyer. We need leaders who get it so that we can move away from coal and oil to clean energy. If you want to do something about climate change, you can. Please. Register and vote. Perhaps it's a sign that the fossil fuel industry may be getting a little worried that young voters who do care about climate change will come out to vote in November. I will also add this. Tom Steyer is a billionaire who is putting a lot of money into this effort to fight climate change. 
But unlike the Koch brothers, Tom Steyer is showing up in his own ad saying, this is me, this is what I believe, and standing behind it. He's not putting a bunch of money into uh, astroturf groups, pretending to be something other than what they are. Climate action is also moving forward in the courts. Yet another federal judge in the Pacific Northwest has now sided with children who sued to force the state of Washington to act on climate change. On the heels of a similar court victory in Oregon, this judge in Washington state said that the kids and their sponsor organization, the nonprofit Our Children's Trust, cannot wait. He ruled that the Washington State Department of Ecology must now deliver new regulations to cut emissions by the end of this year. Can't wait to see how the fossil fuel industry goes after those pesky children. Big developments in wildlife conservation in Kenya. In a dramatic bonfire ceremony over the weekend, the Kenyan government set fire to thousands of elephant tusks and rhino horns, destroying an ivory stockpile worth an estimated $200 million on the black market. That's to send a message to save the majestic animals that bring billions of dollars in tourism to the country. Kenya's president said that their elephants are worth more alive than dead, and he warned that poaching has increased in recent years. An elephant is estimated to be killed every 15 minutes, and the species faces extinction within 10 years. But in America, some good news. Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus has ended its captive elephant performances. The elephant's final big top performance ever was on Sunday in Pennsylvania, partly due to pressure from animal welfare groups, but mostly a massive shift in public attitudes. The CEO of Ringling Brothers' parent company, Kenneth Feld, told CBS News that it was time. It's a bittersweet decision. There's no question about that. But it is the best thing. And we felt this was the right time to do it. Wow. So no more orca shows at SeaWorld soon. And now no more uh, prancing elephants in the greatest show on Earth, Ringling Brothers. Yep. And finally, 33 captive circus lions rescued in raids on illegal circuses in Peru and Colombia have now landed safely in Africa on Monday in what is believed to be the largest airlift of lions in history. Nonprofit wildlife group Animal Defenders International raised money from private donations to transport the 33 lions. Most of them have permanent injuries from abuse and will now live out their lives in a new wildlife sanctuary in Africa. Very good. Now if we can just keep them away from those tourist trophy hunters from the U.S., we'll be in good shape. Thank you, Des. For much more on that story and all the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. That's a sweet story, isn't it? Yes, it is. That makes me feel a little bit better today. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyan, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, to my guest, Missouri State Senator Bob Onder, And, of course, to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download them all at uh, at bradblog.com for free, anytime. You can also download them from iTunes and many other fine establishments. Uh, We hope you'll give us a good review over there at iTunes while you're there. Make it a little easier for everyone else to find us as well. Speaking of finding us, you can find us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at TheBradBlog. Use hashtag Bradcast and drop me email if you like. I am Bradcast at Bradblog.com. 
All right. We'll be back with you. Same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.